Welcome back to the Kind of Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and I'm joined by Pixel Circus's own Sage Ryan. Ah, simply Banshee Screeching. Hello. Hello, hello. Cannot wait to talk about this with you. Of course, we also have the sad boy himself, Barrett Courtney. I am not your failure, Tim. You didn't You're kill not, Barrett not Courtney. <laughs> I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be one of those. Woo! I love it. I love it. And rounded our crew for today. It is the man I'm very, very proud of. It's Anthony Carboni. Listen, can you believe that we finally got the cameo that we were all waiting for? Ian McDermott showed up. It happened. In six. I was waiting for McDermott, and there he was. I love it so much. Now, now Carboni, uh, the reason I hyped you up in the beginning is because tomorrow, as of recording this, you're doing something extremely cool. Can you say what uh, that is and where can people can watch it? Yes, tomorrow I am hosting the official red carpet live stream for the world premiere of Thor Love and Thunder. I'm hosting for Marvel along with Erica Ishii and Tamara Krinsky. Uh, that's going to be at uh, 8.45 Eastern, 5.45 Pacific, and that's marvel.com slash Thor premiere i cannot believe this i am so freaking hyped for this i'm so hyped for you man i can't wait to see your outfit i'm taking bets on is the red carpet a red carpet or is it a different color i Ooh. fingers crossed i'm hoping it's a different color i hope it's just a mirror that might cause some problems but you know <laughs> mm -hmm. like i hope it's something really are cool. you are you trying to upskirt the entire of marvel studios you know, Tim? that was wasn't the goal that wasn't the goal <laughs> i just think mirrors are cool he, he I, immediately know, I, thought of that right as he said it though for sure yeah we saw we saw you realize it in your head yeah, yeah as you yeah, realize yeah, what yeah. you did what? uh Continue. Come on. No, I have nothing to say. Okay, well, this is the kind of funny screencast. Each and every week, we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. And most of the times these these days, we're doing all three of those things because things keep popping off. Right now, we're doing the Miss Marvel weekly recaps, the Kenobi weekly recaps. We just did Stranger Things. Uh, we got a ton of other stuff upcoming as well. On the in-review side, we're doing our Thor rewatches leading into Thor Love and Thunder. Cannot wait for all of this. What a time to be alive. Uh, you can get it on YouTube.com slash funny or Rooster Teeth.com. You can get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Screencast. You can also get the show live as we record it and ad-free by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers, Gordon McGuire, Molecule, and Fargo Brady. Today we're brought to you by Shopify and Athletic Greens, but I'll tell you about that later. Sage, you're already screaming. What are your thoughts on the finale? Uh, this was single-handedly for me the greatest episode of Star Wars television ever made. Uh, I am, we'll say even live action. I don't think it's fair to compare the animated series, not even for a lack of the quality, even potentially exceeding it from my personal heart. Um, I just think it's it's a different ball game. Um, I got everything that I wanted out of this episode. As soon as the episode started, I was sitting here and I was just like, I can't believe we haven't seen Palpatine yet. It feels weird that we haven't seen Palpatine yet, and we've been talking about wanting this Qui-Gon appearance so badly, um, but we haven't really talked a lot about the simple like lack of that we're getting so much Vader and not Palpatine, knowing full we well Palpatine's thriving. We were sheaveless, <laughs> and we it was breaking my sheave. heart. Um, so that sheave appearance was everything to me, uh, and also simply 
getting one episode, um, which we haven't gotten, like with the thing that we didn't get from um, Boba Fett, for instance, of like Obi-Wan at his most Obi and fullest Wan. You know what I yes. mean? Yes, like yes, yes. absolutely peak Jedi strength in a way that I think that we keep elevating the strength in the Star Wars universe, which could eventually become problematic of like, where do we draw a line? I'm not there yet. Right now, I love it. <laughs> um, of like how strong a Jedi can be. And like, I think we've pushed that up one more notch this time than we have in any of the movies of just like, Jesus Christ, these people are ridiculous. Force powers so greatly exceed so many of the things we thought them to be. And this episode just made me cry about it. <laughs> I think of it the same way I think of like, Star Trek Discovery is set before the original Star Trek, but it looks like everything is so much more futuristic. Mm -hmm. Don't worry, like, the force powers keep getting ratcheted up, and that's fine for me. Fine with me? It's fine for me. What did you think of the finale, though, Carboni? I loved it. You know, I there were some things that we hit on last week where we were like, I hope they do it this way. I hope they don't do it this way. I gotta say, there was more Luke than expected. Luke was a little more aware of what was going on than what was expected. Is that a problem for me? Not really the way they handled it. Uh, one of the things that I do want to say, I mean, we're obviously going to talk a lot about uh, about Obi-Wan and that and that duel, but I want to say that, that the way they tied up Reva made me very happy. We we had talked about who will she confront, what what, you know, who will stop her eventually, what will go down, and her coming to kind of her own senses about this and and kind of having her own character growth, even after a little bit of fighting, uh, I think was the best way to handle that. And my God, the goodbye between Obi-Wan and little Leia. This, this, this is a very good episode. And I do want to say, even though we only got five, like five, 10 seconds of Sheev, I love is like, he, he, he stole the episode as he always does. The man's a thief. Ian McDermott came in and he goes, he goes, are you agitated, old friend? And I'm just like, oh, he literally, she literally showed up to go, you mad? <laughs> you, mad bro? you see, you seem tilted. Are you tilted? And, and like Vader's like, I'm not tilted. I'm not tilted. He's like, you seem a little tilted. Seems like your feelings make you weak. <laughs> I, love the, I love the episode. I love it a lot. Barrett. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, yeah, we we had our kind of questions uh, leading into this episode. Um, and, you know, not everything worked for me in this episode. And there was a lot that worked for me at the same time. Uh, Ian McDermott uh, showing up, doing his, uh, you know, his, his best to just elevate Star Wars literally every second he is on screen. Uh, Hell yeah. The moment, uh, literally my favorite moment, where you're splicing Hayden's voice with James Earl Jones's voice with the split helmet, which was an inspired choice. Um, so many moments like that that I, I really enjoyed. I think the, the way it all wrapped up, I, I felt like was a, um, I don't want to say the word, for lack of a better word, safe. You know, uh, and I say that only because I think with Obi-Wan and, you know, having this be an Obi-Wan show, this feels very similar to other stories we've gotten about Jedi in this era. Um, 
and you know, it has its own moments to make it an Obi-Wan show, but personally not enough for me to make it like stick out amongst the the mold of like the Ahsoka book, right? Where, you know, it's a it's a few years after Order 66, uh, 66 and Ahsoka's kind of going through the same stuff of just survive and then kind of like reignite that spark of like what made her a Jedi, why she, you know, wanted to help people um, and then kind of like having that leave her off into, you know, like essentially setting her up for where we see her in slight spoilers, Star Wars Rebels. Um, and then, you know, similar with like Cal Kessis and Jedi Fallen Order and stuff like that. And kind of his arc overall in this didn't feel too unique out of the three of those. And that's, I think that's where I'm kind of coming down on like, yeah, it was it was good. It delivered on the moments that I wanted to, but it, it didn't deliver anything that was like, holy shit, this is the next best uh, Star Wars thing for me. I, I really enjoyed the the show. Um, I, I wonder if it'll be one that I, I want to re- revisit often uh, because that does have some some great moments. But yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I feel I feel like on the finale itself, I'm a little higher than Barrett seems to be, but I'm not quite as high as uh, the the two of you. Where I it kind of gave me everything I, I was looking for. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and, we're there every week. But it, it was just, uh, now Barrett's usually I'd say a little higher. I'm usually than I am. with you. I'm usually with y'all. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but no, I, I think that overall, it's like this show, this episode is. I mean, as perfect of a send-off for what this show is as I think it could have been. Like, it definitely fit the tone. I feel like this was a very consistent ride the entire way through. And to me, that ride was in that the 7 out of 10 range. But, like, that's fine. Like, I don't think this did anything horrible uh, along the way. And I think that the that's great because the entire time they flirted with, like, messing up the canon and, like, contradicting things, which, like is unfortunately kind of the sole purpose of these shows where it's like, well, it takes place between this very specific thing and this very specific thing. So we're like, well, you better fit with those specific things because we're fucking watching. Uh, And so I feel like the show kind of got goofy at some points with how close it would flirt to the line without (laughs) messing something up and going away. Um, And I think that that in some cases gotten its own way of allowing it to be its own interesting story. But I think at the end of the day, Obi's arc itself worked for me and i liked seeing him like the the choice to really have him stick with leia the entire ride through allowed the final goodbye between them to feel not just earned but like it kind of enhanced the star wars mythology and i did not see that coming when we first got little leia i was always uh under the impression i was like i like her a lot and i love what they're doing with this but like this does feel like they're just connecting things to connect things but by the end of it i'm like no, this actually, I think, makes the A New Hope conversations a little bit better. Uh, there is then the Luke side, which wasn't handled as poorly as I feared, but I still think was a little bit just kind of like padding for this. Last week, we talked about this six-episode show. Maybe I would have preferred it to be an event movie uh, to kind of just condense some of the storyline bits down and, and add some production value here or there. Because um, overall, I feel like my biggest disappointment with the show is that unlike sage it never made me squeal and i'm a squealer i'm looking for things that make me go like ah and like i feel like this show even added they gave me quite good and just the way they did it while i don't hate it i was just kind of like oh, okay yeah he's here and now he's gone okay cool 
Yeah, I think, I I think it was a tasteful guess. amount of Qui-Gon Jinn. No, it was. It, was, it, was very it absolutely okay. was. Was it the mm-hmm. right taste? Was it the right moment that I wanted for Qui-Gon Jinn personally? No, but it was a tasteful amount of Qui-Gon Jinn, I will say. I'll agree I just, it wasn't the moment I was asking for because obviously we had all of these moments that he called out to him. Um, and then I remembered, I'm not a Star Wars writer, and I think uh, they, they rate <laughs> Star Wars better than I do. Uh, so well, they didn't give it to me when I asked for it. They gave it to me when they wrote it into the show, and it was so good. I think you know, <laughs> I I did enjoy the Qui Gon. I think I think I think what y'all are trying to articulate is is if you wait six episodes for Qui Gon and Qui Gon shows up, you want Qui Gon to say one of those like very wise Jedi lines. You know what I mean? You want something that like people are going to put on T shirts and on and on mugs. You want mm. Qui Gon to impart some sort of like bit of beautiful Jedi quotable wisdom. You want that to be that moment that hits you. You want that ghost of Yoda moment. You want that ghost of Obi-Wan moment. I was and I understand here. that. Yeah. I was always here. You're just not ready to see. And and that's that moment. That's pretty good. Me but it didn't but I see where like it I can understand why it didn't hit the way y'all wanted it to hit. You know what I mean? I I, I just personally would have liked to have a moment where Obi and Quagon where we actually yes. like see kind of Quagon talk about Anakin becoming Vader in a, in, in a certain moment. I get why they they wouldn't want to do that um, and just have it be more of like the, you know, the end cap to the show and end cap yeah. to the story and transition into whatever he's going to like kind of become over the next 10 years for Obi-Wan. Um, but that's yeah. just personally something that, that I would have wanted. And, and, and I, I think, granted, I, I didn't like hate the episode because it was, it was different. It was yeah. just like, huh, okay. I, I were, think that comes down to... I think that comes down to the sort of the theme of self-forgiveness for Obi-Wan that was in this that was in this series where like they could have talked about like master what happened like this is the way Anakin went down or like how do you feel about the way you know what I mean like some sort of thing about talking about where they are but I think it's kind of like no things are the way they are we made the decisions that we thought were the best decisions at the time I'm glad you're connected to the force again we can hang out and chat now whenever you want. Let's uh, let's move forward. You know <laughs> what like, I mean? Genuinely, as silly as that sounds, that is the thing. And there's a couple yeah. of things that they set up for this show that fill in that time in between, now even between the end of this series and A New Hope, right? So one of those being that, in theory, this tells us that Obi-Wan has potentially spent those entire 10 years with Qui-Gon, which is beautiful and incredible because we assume that Obi-Wan has just been a like madman by himself living in a cave and I love that like I said I think uh, like Tim was saying about the relationship with Leia setting up the moment of they don't see each other for the next 10 years because it's dangerous to do so and that is still the person because of what happened to them now it, it makes sense that of everyone in the entire galaxy, that is the person that she believes can save her when something is really, truly the most wrong or could save the galaxy itself. And, and those I, are the things for me that made this Star Wars. Yes. And I do love, I mean, there, there is a moment where you're talking about that tiptoeing, Tim, and I, there, is, there were a couple of lines where I was like, y'all are tiptoeing, where, it, where like Obi-Wan talks to little Leia and he's like, Listen, we can't let people know that we know each other, okay? Because it would be dangerous for both of us. All right, I got to go. And that means if you leave a message on a droid in, like, say, 20 years, (laughs) pretend like you don't know me because you never know who's listening. But does she? Does she pretend like like she doesn't know him? I mean, she just says, you served my father in the Clone Wars. And 
I think that's a problem that people have had. That's one problem that people have brought up where it's like, why is she being so formal? This is her friend, Obi-Wan, that like saved her life and they had a tight relationship with. And I already, I, I always put it aside as like, she's literally being diplomatic. She's literally yeah. being, it's been, it's been 20 years. Who knows how she much Obi-Wan cares a, about she her. She hung out with a dude for like two days at 10 years old and then didn't yeah. like, and sent him, yeah. the first time she like talked to him again was at 19. Like if, if I was talking to someone who I, I hadn't seen in nine years that I, you know, hung out with for a couple of days, like, your parents. I'd be a little formal, you know, like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. Hey man, do you I'm remember me? You're my dad's that, friend from work. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't yeah. want to you don't want to presume. So I sort of understand. You're cool. But you're a Jedi me now. <laughs> you're a Jedi. Who knows how many little kids you're yeah. off saving? Do yeah. you even remember me? Like, so I, I'm kind of cool with that, but I do love that they put that little line in just to like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You can't uh, contact me. Okay. We're not friends. Okay. Right. Just to like put that in there in case people were worried, like Which was so did they try to get it was very sad because like, oh, the moment the moment that he had with her where he's like, these are the these are the qualities you got from your mother. These are the qualities you got from your father. And one of my favorite oh, things yeah, about so Star good. Wars is nobody shit talks Anakin Skywalker. People <laughs> shit talk Vader, but they understand everybody shit talks Vader, but they understand Anakin Skywalker was an angsty teen who got taken advantage of by the most gigantic evil force in the universe. And so nobody shit talks Anakin Skywalker to anybody. And I love that. I love that. So I, one other thing that I, I rubbed me a little bit the wrong way was Obi-Wan giving Leia this holster. And mm. I just got tinges of dice out of nowhere where I was like, <laughs> oh, man, are we just trying to make some symbolism out of some shit that is, wasn't there to begin with? You have so many things you could pull from. But like, is this is Leia's holster like a thing? No, and I don't think they're trying to make it a thing. I think what they I were trying like to do is trying to make it a thing. I think what they were trying to do is they were trying to they have mirrored famous Leia looks on little Leia throughout the series. We think of Leia and we think of Padme as well. We think of Leia and Padme in their all whites with their leg holsters. We do. Mm -hmm. And so what we're seeing is we're seeing Leia in her all whites with her holster and then her brown boots because her Jedi friend wears brown boots. <laughs> and we know that she wears brown boots later on, right? And so it's like, we're just seeing this little kid figuring out who they are and mirroring who we know they become. I don't think the holster is something special, though I do love that Lola fits right into the little holster. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is an excellent call. Because I, I love the line between the two. Another like perfect Leia moment is like, he gives her the holster and she looks at it and she goes, it's empty. And he goes, Leia, I can't give you a blaster. You're 10 years old. And I'm just like, <laughs> but you won't always you won't be. Always oh, be. That was rough. So that good. Obi-Wan throughout his entire life, just telling kids, you're not allowed to have deadly force yet. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let, I want to keep talking about this. But before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I've been using AG1 the last few months because I figured it was well past time I start thinking about vitamins, but I'm usually not the biggest fan of their format. So being able to drink a flavored water is much more up my alley. And I'm a huge fan here of the fact that it doesn't taste super healthy. It kind of has like this mild tropical taste to it that I look forward to every morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day 
right. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved only for big businesses to everyone. So upstarts, startups, established businesses, content creators alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to across the globe. Our content creator friends use Shopify to manage all their merch sales and stuff. And I recently got Gia a pair of Allbirds from the Allbirds website, which also uses Shopify. So that's an example of big websites using Shopify for their sales. You can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting on conversion rates, profit margins, and to help you supercharge your knowledge of your sales and your success. You can go to shopify.com slash KF games, all lowercase for a free 14 day trial, and you can get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash KF games right now. That's shopify.com slash KF games for a free 14 day trial. Shopify.com slash KF games. So I want to talk about the fight. Let's just, let's get yeah. to it. We've been talking about a whole bunch of things, but I mean, this is the big moment. This is the thing we've been waiting for. This is the reason this entire show existed. And I think for the most part, they pulled it off. I think in terms of character, I think in terms of dialogue, it was a 10 out of 10. I think in terms of presentation, it it was a little lacking for me. I think the music overall lacked the hype, lacked the memorable, like, oh my God, this is either an old theme that we love being brought back or a new theme I'm going to remember forever, like at Mandalorian season two the final episode like that was an original song that is now paired with one of my favorite star wars moments of all time uh yeah. but with this i think that they really nailed the back and forth between him and obi-wan fucking pulling up all the rocks and just launching it at him was just everything that i wanted from the show that a couple episodes ago i didn't think i was gonna end up getting yeah i i absolutely loved it as well i think you know musically uh... I think you're I think you're right. We've got we've got those couple we've got those pieces and that motif that that John Williams wrote. And obviously that theme is very strong. Um, and and so, you know, when when anybody's when anybody's writing music to fill in for John Williams, it obviously is going to hit a little a little lower. I think for me, something that that if I was to if I was to kind of point out anything that I think like aesthetically I didn't enjoy about it. I would say we're just running up against that thing that I've talked about before where they're shooting in this LED dome and the technology is very new and it's very good at giving you like very long like open spaces uh but it's it's not great at giving you depth of field and it's not great at letting uh people direct action sequences the way they normally do where you can go into extreme close-ups and back up. I think they're still learning the technology. And so what you have is you have something like what Barrett was talking about, uh, I think, a couple episodes ago, where it's like, it seemed very like, like, like I was watching a fight in a play rather than a movie. Like it was staged and choreographed yeah. well, but I was watching it from, from slightly more static angles than normally they would do in an action film. But I think other than that, 
I mean, the choreography was great. The use of the force powers was great. You got to lift mm-hmm. rocks. That's how the force works. And we lifted yeah. more rocks than we've ever lifted before. It's all about it, lifting rocks. It fucking owned. And also, the, the slash through the helmet that mirrored the slash through the helmet that Ahsoka gave Vader in Rebels. Oh, this right here. Was very good. And also, when he gave him that slash, we get to hear Anakin and Vader at the same time. And you get to hear... Aiden Christensen and James Earl Jones both doing the same dialogue the same way. And you get to hear like, because something that we've sort of learned is that the Vader helmet removes the emotion from Anakin's voice. No matter how much, no matter how emotional he gets, you can sort of hear him yelling, but it modulates it, right? That's something that we know from like the no moment and some of the things in the animated stuff. But it's so wild to hear the pained Anakin voice and the overpowering Vader voice at the same time talking to Obi-Wan, saying the same things, and they get two different emotional subtexts yeah. because of the two different voices. And so good. Something that was impressive to me, and this was something I wrote down before even the, the helmet gets cut open, is that even just with James Earl Jones's voice uh, before, um, you know, it, it's kind of like right before uh, Vader like buries Obi, and I all, like, I swore that he was about to say, now I have the high ground. Um, I can't I believe he did. <laughs> we were all thinking it. Uh, and then he I turns the to the vid- camera and he winks. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, but I mean, he does say hello there to Luke. Like, they, they're not yeah. above not doing the wink yeah. moments. But hello there was... comes in less cheesy than now I have the, the high ground. ground. But I, I think the visual was enough. I think they knew knew they were, what they were doing. But, like, the, the line where... Um, Vader says the weakness still remains like there's a there is a level of emotion even when he's still just robot Vader that we hardly ever see. And it's because he's dealing with, you know, someone who he used to think of as his brother, essentially. Right. Um, Yeah. And that was like that was such a good setup for that moment where you get to hear both Anakin and Vader at the same time where he's like we were talking earlier about like this. kind of Obi-Wan doing this kind of self-forgiveness type of stuff and uh, Vader saying, or Anakin saying like, I am not your failure. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Like I felt that was, it was both. And again, this is one of the, the things I really loved about this episode is you could take it multiple ways where it's like that. I felt like that was both Vader being spiteful and Anakin being like, don't hold on to this baggage anymore. All at the same time, maybe not on purpose, maybe not consciously saying that, but maybe deep down he was trying to tell that to Obi-Wan, which I I, I really loved. And again, the way that they spliced yeah. the, the voice acting together was just super incredible and like probably I, one I of my favorite he, moments in Star Wars. I think he doesn't even want to give Obi-Wan the credit for creating him. That's how I read it, because uh, I was just like, you didn't kill Anakin. I chose to kill Anakin. Yeah, yeah, I could have... Anakin could have survived if I wanted to. I was I was fine. I was crawling up the beach. <laughs> I was fine. <laughs> I, I had you, motherfucker. I would have won, you know? Tis but a flesh wound. <laughs> I, I, I'm right there with you guys. Like, the, the dual voices was so well done. And I think even before that, I was very surprised by the brutality of Obi-Wan beating the shit out of Vader. That's something I didn't expect to see. We so rarely, if ever, uh, definitely not in live action, see Vader get his ass kicked, right? And he 
sure they were beating each other's ass but vader was taking hits and the sound design when he started getting hit and the wheeze yelling where like it yeah, sounded like vader up his chest piece <laughs> was having trouble breathing and he's just like <laughs> i was like this is so damn cool and like that it's the type of shit that like little kids playing with action figures think about right like pretend that vader's dying like whatever i loved that and i i was very very surprised to see that in the show well and i love it because it's something that you know we have this idea of by the time the original trilogy comes around there's nobody really left who knows who anakin skywalker was or, or knows that vader is skywalker and so it's something that nobody tries because it's like you don't know the nature of vader's armor unless you know vader Right. Like there are very few people that get to see Vader in like his vulnerable state in the back to tank and get to know who he is. So like that's a thing that like Obi-Wan knows. Obi-Wan knows I'm going to slice at this dude's like chest box and I'm going to take out his alive. respirator. I'm going to like and it's such a man. And no, and just but just like you're saying too, nobody else is able to get that close to him. And I love that we got the return of this. Yeah. which means oh, nothing. Yeah. But I love <laughs> it just meant he was back. Yeah, he's back, and he baby. says that as uh, he does that as he says, "I I will do what I must," which is what he says yeah. in episode yeah. three, which is like, "Oh yes, that was great." Uh, now, was, okay, that was a really amazing moment. Transitioning from one fight to another fight, Sage, what's your take on Aunt Baru and Uncle Owen? Throwing some fisticuffs. Take on them. <laughs> um, you know, I think that it makes sense. They're set up. They knew this would happen. Um, they obviously performed poorly. Because uh, they're normies. They're straight up normies in space that are like, well, a Jedi's coming. I don't know. I guess we'll try to punch a Jedi. <laughs> like, right? Like, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? I guess we'll shoot a blaster. Um, and then they got their shit kicked mm. appropriately. Uh, it was also very uh, strange to see Brew, even, which is very mm -hmm. interesting because obviously, like, there was a long I didn't time know she was in Star Wars at all. Um, but, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wait, was that the same actress who played her in episode three? I believe it was, right? Okay. I, yeah, I, I like think yeah, yeah. I think they brought them both back. Um, I didn't mind it. If it had been longer, it would have been a problem for me because I agree that it would have at a certain point gotten cartoony where it's like throw a barrel and kick a thing and whatever. But uh, it was short lived enough that all it did for me was solidify um, when she was like, you really love that boy, don't you? And I thought that that was actually a really impactful moment because we've seen the like love that uh leia's parents have for her um and i'm glad that we did get to see a little bit of that from baru and owen for yeah. luke that like no really we you know you see a lot of him being this like annoying kid they kind of have to deal with um but to see Even their the original trilogy him, right owen's kind of just this cantankerous guy who's just like oh right. shut the fuck up about the academy already and go to the <laughs> right. store you know they what saw, I mean? We saw them go to the thing. And it's like he broke another thing. Like, come on! But, damn it. but to it's see him, but to ass. see him say, "You really love him like he was your own," and he goes, "He is mine." Yep, oh. that was great. He is that my was, own, and I that was cool for me. And I love, dude. I fucking love how ready Baru is to throw down. Owen's yeah. a little yeah, like, pretty cool. Owen's a little like, "Yo, where do we go?" And Baru's like, "We go into this hole, and we get the rifle that we that we set aside for when these people come." You remember? Okay, there you go. Go. When stormtroopers <laughs> come, grab your rifle, boys and girls. You know yeah. what that I mean? All left years. me. 
wondering where Reva goes next because obviously as much as they've buttoned this chapter for Reva, they very much intentionally left it open that she's out there in the galaxy and currently we don't have any extended universe of her. She didn't pop up in any animated series or anything. So uh, I am of the belief that Reva's got to pop up in someone else's live action. I think that that's what they've set up. Yeah, so where I'm at with this in in an interesting way is I wonder how many reshoots happen for this show because there's Mm. something about the Qui-Gon thing that doesn't sit right with me that doesn't feel like it was the plan to begin with and I feel like I've seen a lot of interview stuff recently from Deborah Chow and the and um Hayden and Ewan as well just talking about like now referring to this as a season as opposed to a series like even on disney plus it's saying season finale and i'm like i don't know if there's going to be a season two of obi-wan but i do think that maybe there's a reva show that's been talked about a little bit recently as well like i think that this might get a follow-up show kind of like book of boba fett to mandalorian um i don't know what direction this is where tim's uh producer seo brain is coming in and he's like if i was going to put the reva show somewhere on disney plus I would put it as season two of something that already exists in the database. So exactly. when you're done watching Obi-Wan, it immediately starts the Reva show and you don't even notice. I That's see what you're goes. doing. I Maybe see she becomes doing. a gray Jedi. But I see a canonical gray Jedi. No such thing as gray Jedi. But oh there could God. be. But there could <laughs> be. <laughs> I say this in the sense that I do think that a couple of the, the story choices made towards the end of the show feel inconsistent with what the show set up. Not fully, but just enough mm. that I was just like, this seems a little bit weird. Where I feel like the Qui-Gon thing that they were building to the entire show, the moment we get at the end, kind of feels like, Really, uh, well, we'll get to the thing you actually are looking for later. And I, I feel like for this show's whole entire purpose being, hey, it's the things that you guys want to see. I think that's a, a it was a weird choice that I don't think they would have made. And I think that's also backed up with Reva herself. Well, the fake out death scenes, like her getting stabbed in the stomach twice. Like this is going to be something people talk about forever. And I think for good reason, because it's like we have seen injuries in Star Wars need to mean something. And I understand we've seen arms cut off. We've seen hands cut off. We've seen people get like very fucked up, but then there's back to tanks. They always come up with some solution of like in Empire, we see Luke go through some shit. Then he's in the back to tank. Then he heals. We see Boba Fett in the show go through some shit. Same thing, right? With Reva now, from what they showed us twice in her life, she's gotten hit, right? With the with the lightsaber in the yeah, stomach. Right. And it's like in this world, in this iteration of it she gets stabbed and then sure she was a little slower in this episode but it's like this all goes back to darth maul coming back and how ridiculous that all is but they just don't give a shit and i hate that in this show there was the grand inquisitor fake out him coming back all these stomach do do stomachs not matter stomachs matter but stomachs do matter but here's here's the thing i think i think it's more a mirror of the end of uh, the end of the Force Awakens and Kylo, and everybody's like, "How were they able to fight Kylo?" And it's like, "Well, he was trying to keep his insides inside with the Force, yeah. right?" Like, like I think you have to have Reva get wounded almost mortally by Vader and have her focus be on staying alive until she can get to the back to tank or whatever, right? Because she wants to go get Luke, and you have to have a way for Owen and Beru to at least be able to stay alive. Because if Reva was not hurt, Owen and Baru would be dead. And they got a couple strikes in on her. Nine years yeah. before they were supposed to be dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know. I, I, we also but I can't think let all of the men in the galaxy get away with getting stabbed and impaled every time and not let Reva. I refuse to accept that. <laughs> that every man can climb into a back to tank and Reva can't. No. Reva's fine. Um, I do like. I, I, I do see what you're saying where I think they maybe shot 
I think they maybe shot two Qui-Gon things, right? Because we know that Liam Neeson got himself into a little bit of a, a little bit of an issue uh, when they were in the midst of the production of Obi-Wan. So I think maybe there was a there was a scene where Obi-Wan does reach out and and gets in touch with Qui-Gon. And I think there's a scene where he doesn't and he says, it's OK, I'll keep trying. And we see him in where he lives in A New Hope meditating i think they probably shot and i don't have any inside info but my gut tells me you're probably right they probably shot alts for that um interesting but i do but i think like reva surviving and some of this stuff even though it's supposed to be like this is exactly what you want to see there has to be a balance between this is the this is the greatest hits and we're building new star wars too you know what i mean you have to leave some of these things ready to go and i think like reva and the path open up so many new ways for Star Wars to go on Disney Plus and so many characters, not just new characters, but characters we can bring back. Characters that were in uh, the old canon, characters that are in Legends that can now, they can exist, they can be on the path. Favorite characters that we had that were part of the Clone Wars or something like that, they can come back. And it's, it's kind of cool. And it's also a great it's also a great explanation for how there are all these little straggler Jedi's in all these like in comic books and video games and stuff. So I, I like that Reva, I like that Reva got up and survived and did her thing. And I like that now she's kind of confused about her future and she can kind of help out on the path if that's what she wants to do. And that's a series that I would watch. Yeah. yeah. That would be really interesting. Uh, the the more I think about like where uh, Reva ended, I, I, I did enjoy it. It was cool to see, to see an Inquisitor come back, you know, like uh, to, you know, we've seen the kind of process of, uh, you know, old Jedi being turned into Inquisitors, but then to like have that, have them walk that back and like, you know, come back to their senses a little bit and not be so um, enveloped in, in hate, right? Um, I, I thought that was really cool. Like we kind of see it with uh, Seer in um, Jedi Fallen Order where, you know, she she kind of touches into the dark side, but then, you know, she cuts herself off from the Force. Um, but it, it was cool to – and heartbreaking as well of like seeing this kid that she like kind of knocked out having so much hate where it's like all about revenge. I need to get back at uh, Anakin for – you know, what he did to me, I'm going to kill this child that he has no idea exists, right? Um, but then she can't help but see herself, and she, like, you know, she realizes that she's become what she's hated since then. Um, Have I become him? Ugh. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, that conversation, Obi-Wan saying, like, you you chose not to. Like, the fact that you didn't kill, kill him, you chose not to do that. And, you know, they... Um, where she's like, did I fail them? Like he, he killed them and I couldn't kill this kid. And that was, that was really heartbreaking with, uh, I, I really liked how that wrapped up for me personally. And again, this like kind of where the show kind of, uh, ended and thinking about the, the story as a whole. I don't know if I personally would want like a, another like major, uh, Reva thing just because I, I really liked what they did here. I don't know where they would go with her from here that I would be super engaged with, but you know, but as a supporting character, as a new supporting character, at the very least, I I'm going to love seeing where she pops up and what her journey. Yeah. I would like to see little tidbits of her. Definitely. I feel like O'Shea Jackson's going to get a, a show. Like, I think the way they focused on him, the way they kind of set him up, I think that the path show, it might not be his name, whatever it was, Roland. I don't think they were calling it Roland. 
Uh, oh, Roken, Roken. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they're gonna call it that. But um, I think that they they might be teeing him up because just the like show, something yeah. about his look, something about like the amount of dialogue that he had and the way they positioned him at the end of this, I was like, oh, okay, they're doing something I didn't see coming with this. And, I could, oh. I'm of the opinion I think he'll be like a supporting character or an ensemble character within a path show. Mm, yeah, mm. and that would, it, it adds up. It's cool, and I I would be down for a path show. I'd be down to to have uh, Reva like pop up in that. I'd be down for that just because you know maybe setting up Fulcrum a little bit in that show as well, and like how you know they kind of tie all of these smaller little rebellions together in a really cool way. Like I'd be down for that story for sure. Well, I think any story of the path too is like we we also we've got Bail Organa, we've got we've got Mon Mothma, we we can show we've got little leia we can show the beginnings of a re- of the rebellion and how they they build it up into what it's going to be and a show about the building of the rebellion that kind of leads into like i mean we've got andor coming well yeah right? andor's our next show that's actually pretty interesting to think about timeline wise like there's obviously a couple year gap but like i do think that if andor were to deal at all with the path it wouldn't be I mean, that would SEO wise make a lot of sense, right? For everybody <laughs> that, that one storyline. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I do like, I do like the idea of, okay, we're seeing the beginnings of the rebellion. Like, Hey, Roken, they need a leader, you know? And he's, you know, Roken, you know, I love that Roken's line is, is just like, Oh, I'm just getting started. Like I love, like, cause yeah. usually a, it's no, a it's line no like big that, deal for him. Yeah. Usually a line like that is like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready or I'll do my best or like, yes, we can't let Roken's just like, no, no, no. I I already know this. That's the comparison to them saying, we're not an army. We're not ready. We can't do this. That's the arc there that they buttoned with being like, oh, we're just getting started. Mm -hmm. Going from these people that were just refugees that were like, Mm -hmm. we don't know how to fight this to being like, oh, (laughs) we're fighting this. And so then to skip a few years ahead and I mean, and then see Andor and now we get to see the rebellion like height of spies in the rebellion right mm-hmm. and uh i think you know we might also it could also we could also see young a younger andor in this too you know we do know that diego's coming back but who knows we know we know that they love a flashback in these tv shows oh yeah about to say <laughs> flashback maybe maybe yeah flashback that's the name of the podcast uh, right there you know overall overall i think there were some weak points but i I think this was a strong finale, and I think we knew that the finale was going to be strong. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. the, as much as the pacing. We we can now we have now gauged the pacing of these Disney Plus shows, and it's like Act One is two episodes, Act Two is two episodes, Act Three is two episodes, and for good or ill, Act Three is the one that is the most well paced in all these shows. Yeah, and so I think we knew that. Uh, they, uh, act Three, Act Three is so important. Eh? Oh, you give six episodes of little Eddie, no water, not one water, not one tiny water. Six I haven't episodes, seen, no. I haven't seen a single Toydarian in, in any of this water. You're so small, everyone rubbing around any, but no water, no water. Come on, and listen. <laughs> and I'm that's, so sorry, Sage. That and that's on Jewish representation in Star Wars. God, you know what I mean? God. As a Jew, as a Jewish man, it's important for us to see ourselves in Star Wars. Thank you, God. Anthony. Yeah. 
Sage, one time at IGN in 2013, Greg and I were unboxing some Legos because that's what grown men get paid to do. And one of them was this Lego set of Star Wars. I mean, it must have been an episode four set. And one of those do-backs, one of those big, like, uh, I don't know, hippo, like sand hippo things. uh, He, for some reason, thought that that was Watto, like when (laughs) Watto grew up. And a bantha? No, like uh, on Tatooine, one of the big the things oh, that the stormtroopers oh, yeah, 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 are riding, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. with the the shoulder thingies. But um, yeah, Greg was convinced it was Watto grown up, and that he was a horse now, and it turned into the Greg Miller wheeze laugh. <laughs> and then he started talking about little Annie. He's like, little Annie, no bigger than a pumpkin, and he thinks that's the funniest thing. And here we are, over Guys, a I'd decade like you know, later. That was the first time I've ever met Greg. Well. <laughs> No, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, no, that's, that's honestly the, the best way to do Wado. it. That's the first time you met. Later, actually, we've ever had. That's, yeah, that's great, actually. Yeah. Um, well, hey, that's been Kenobi. This has been fantastic. There's no better or worse ending to what just happened to this episode. So we're gonna end here. Sage, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? You can find me everywhere on the internet at Not Sage or over on the Pixel Circus channel on Twitch and YouTube uh, with Anthony all the time. And soon, every freaking convention gosh darn world yes hopefully <laughs> hopefully soon carboni where can people find you uh i'm everywhere on the internet at a carboni except for on twitch where i'm at anthony carboni twitch you cowards it's mine give it back to me and of course tomorrow uh if you're at all into uh biceps or vikings please tune into the thor love and thunder red carpet world premiere that's at marvel.com slash thor premiere it's 5 45 p.m pacific 8 45 p.m eastern if you're in other time zones, it's not my job to do the math. I really hope it's not red. I really hope it's not red. Let us know in the comments below what color <laughs> you think the red carpet's going to be at the Thor premiere. Until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.